a comic book pit. Okay. I'm ready. You're, clearly, you're ready. Clearly, Scott is ready. <laughs> um, this is Comic Book Pit, episode 257. Uh, I'm Dan, and I am also ready, if anyone cares. <laughs> and I'm still Scott, and I'm no longer ready. I've decided I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um. That was all a lie. He's not ready at all. It was all a dream. <laughs> he's he's uh, just sitting in his basement in a towel. He's just completely unprepared. So 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 last week I I think we I think it was a there was a brief mention towards the end of the show um, as we were wrapping up that you were you were getting ready to head out last week towards the uh in, in the uh, wee hours to to uh force take Friday. Yeah, you're participating in Force Friday. So I'm sure anyone who's listening I'm sure knows what Force Friday is, but just in case, in case you know there's someone that, you know <laughs> there's an uninitiated person out there. Why don't you briefly explain what Force Friday is? You you'd be surprised. Some people didn't know, but um yeah, Force Friday is just um like a an event that the retailers love. It's like a retailer holiday, um much like a Black Friday kind of kind of event. Um in anticipation of episode 8 Star Wars the Last Jedi, um all the new toys and products are released on what's called Force Friday. And so now you you know it's this first glimpse at you know new characters, um, you know kind of guess at what's going to happen in the upcoming movie, um, you know. And so they they've done this for the last this is the third year they've done this, but this is only the second official Force Friday. Um, the first one was for the Force Awakens, and last year was Rogue One, and which unofficially was called Rogue Friday. Um, basically, they didn't call it Force Friday. They they didn't have an official event for it, but they still had you know some stores still did the midnight sales and stuff. So that's what basically what it melts down to is um, on that Friday, or, you know, Thursday night at midnight, they everything goes out on the shelves and it's up for sale. You know, and and it's actually pretty cool. Like we, you know, we went out. My wife and I, we went out, and um, I. What's funny is I saw people from the previous year uh, <laughs> waiting in the same spots, you know. And I was just like, "Hey, I remember you guys!" And they're like, "Yeah, 
And um, and then it's, I saw other people that I knew. What? It's the social event of the season. It is. Like, I realized that, you know, because I, I, I made new friends. I, I saw people that I haven't seen in a year. I saw people that I see only at, like, comic book shows. I saw more people at midnight on a Thursday night than I do, <laughs> you know, on any given day. You know, like, people that I know that I'm like, oh, I want to talk to this guy. Um, and it's, it's like trick-or-treat for Star Wars fans. Um, so, like, you know, I, in my area here, we're... Um, Target, Walmart, and Toys R Us were all having midnight events. And, you know, it's like, which one do you start with? You know, and everybody picks their store. And we went to Target, and we weren't too impressed with the display. Now, we probably would have been all right, but but I was like, I don't like it. I, I don't like, it doesn't look like there's enough here. <laughs> yeah. Like, if other people show up, we're going to have a problem. And so we left. And I was like, let's go to Walmart, because we did well last year. Well, sure enough, Walmart rolled out, like, eight pallets worth of stuff. And they wow. were all, boxed, like, sealed, like, half pallets. So, but they were all sealed. And they set them all down, and they, and everybody, you know, like, there was already, like, you know, 12 to 15 people circled around where they were putting the pallets, just, like, waiting. And... Um, you know, and then it, then finally at about five to twelve, they're just like, okay, we're ready, and they just they peel all the cardboard shells off, and you know, it's their nice displays that they had, you know, they make specifically for this event, and you know, you circle it and pick out what you want and head out the door. Um, so, uh, what's cool about it, man? Like people, the people were super nice that I was there with, you know, like the, the, these people that I've, I don't even know them, but they're, but I, I always feel that Star Wars fans are probably some of the nicest people, like just in general, even at Star Wars Celebration, the long lines, the, you know, the ridiculous, like staying out, you know, stand, sitting in the line for eight hours, everybody mm -hmm. respects the line, nobody's cutting line, nobody's being a jerk about it. You know, everybody's like, hey, I'm here and you're there. And, and, we'll, and like, everybody has that same mindset of, like, this is my spot. And I'm, not, you know, and that's how it was on Force Friday because, you know, there was one guy there that he's like, I'm after, you know, this Funko Pop that's a chase, you know, and there was literally only one in the box. But, you know what? We were all like, you were here first, so you get first crack at it. And he's like, well, that's what I, he goes, that's literally all I'm here for is that. I'm like, you got it. And then I I had said that I was like, I'm only after these two figures. That's what I said that night. I was like, I'm only after these two figures. Um, and it was um, Admiral Thrawn and Hera, and they're both from the new, you know, the Star Wars Rebels cartoon. Um, but these are the Black Series figures that everybody, you know, just dove on them. So, like, I didn't... So it was weird because I was in a spot where I... I had mentioned it to every. I was just like, that's what I'm here for. And But I was over by the pop figures, and I said, all right, let's check the Black Series stuff. And the guy I met, these two guys I met from the year before, they were like, hey, man, I grabbed these out for you. And I was like, 
you did? And he, they're just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, you said you wanted them, so we got them for you. I was like, holy crap. Wow. Like, that was so nice. Yeah, I was like, what, how nice was that? So, um, so I got what I, you know, what I went for at Walmart, and I was like, all right. I was like, well, let's go to Toys R Us, see what's going on. Then, like, people we don't even know in the parking lot are like, hey, man, if if you're after Black Series figures, don't even go in. And huh. I was like, I was like, I'm okay. I was like, I, I already got some at Walmart. I'm like, head to Walmart right now. You might find something. They're like, okay. So it's like this weird thing. Like, it's like trick-or-treating, you know, like where you're like, hey, the house on the hill has the best candy, you know. Huh. And, like, quick, run up there, you know, before they shut their lights out, you know. It, it sounds like equal parts, like, um, like trick-or-treat and, like, a scavenger hunt and... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because also, additionally, or, well, before I say this, but we went into Toys R Us. I found stuff there that I didn't find at Walmart. So, that yeah, it is like that. It's like a scavenger hunt because each store didn't get the same stuff. So, and they mm-hmm. and they themselves don't even know what they're getting that night. You know, they just are like, well, you know, we opened the boxes and this is what we have. And, you know, so, yeah, Toys R Us didn't have the Black Series figures, but they did have the smaller figures, the three and three-quarter inch traditional figures. Um, so I was like, oh, great. I didn't even think about these. I was like, I want to grab a couple of these. So, um, but, oh, in addition... Um, Target Target only had three stores open in the area, and, and all across America they had certain stores. And they were giving away uh, this new character called the Porg in Star Wars. It's a new creature. Um, it's basically a little bird-like animal. Okay. Uh, um, that's sort of like a puffin. And um, so anyway, Target was giving away these three feet high plush porgs. Um, and only one person would win. So if you were there before midnight, you got entered into the raffle. And um, so, I mean, we would have been, you know, like if we would have won tar- Target, maybe we would have won. But, you know, I was like, eh. I was like, let's, you know, hopefully, you know, and some little kid won it. And I was like, that's the way it should be. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't, what am I going to do with a giant porg? <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is funny because my wife actually said that she would have just, I was like, where would we have even put it? And she's like, well, on your side of the bed. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's kind of, it was a good time. It was a fun time. And then, um, you know, because then I lost my mind after that because like everybody was so, you know, jonesed up for Star Wars. I went out the next morning to Target at 8 a.m., and I bought more stuff. I was just like, ah, what am I doing? Oh, wow. Yeah, I just broke. I was like, I was like, all right, I'm buying more figures. So I bought the rest of the ones that I, you know, because they, you know, new store, fresh stock. I was like, all right, I'm grabbing stuff. And that was funny, too, because at 8 a.m., there's, there's 15 or 20 people standing at the door. And, it's all, it's all these, you know, adult guys, you know, like these guys, all adult aged, and they're all just, it's so different in the morning, because at night, everybody's chatting, 
everybody's like, you know, feel the love of Star Wars. At 8 a.m., everybody's just staring at each other like, better stay out of my way. Or in the, it's like in the cold light of day, everything is everything is different. Yeah, it's all laid bare. It's like you know, we're you're like, oh my god, what what have I done with my life? Yeah, exactly. And and I did it too because I I was after well, of course, Target had an exclusive figure. And I was like, well, I wanted to get the exclusive, and I didn't get it last night. Now, just go in and grab that one. So, of course, they unlock the doors, and this dude shoots off, takes point. Another guy goes behind him, and I'm like, I'm following those guys. So I I went third in line, and I got back there, and I just grabbed the figure, and I was like, oh, good, I got it. Well, then I started looking around, and these guys are stacking. like, And I was like, wait a minute, they have a lot more stock here than they did last night. And I'm like... Oh well, maybe I'll grab this one, and this one, and this <laughs> one. You know, and I was like, "Oh crap!" And I'm like, "All right." So then, Target had a deal where you would get a gift card if you spent a certain amount. So then I'm like, "Well, I got to buy enough to get the gift card." Yeah, that's you how know? Get- So I just was like, "What have I done?" <laughs> so it was fun. It was a it was a a blast, and on and and even funnier is like. You know, like I said, meeting people, making friends. Like, we ran into the one guy that was there. We just saw him last night um, at the Hot Topic in South Hills. And I was just like, hey, man, you know, Force Friday. And he's like, oh, I remember you. And, you know, like, we started talking again. And it's just like, it's just cool, you know. It's like, oh, man, it's like a brotherhood, you know. It's like kind of cool. And um, and not to slight the... the What's that? Not, not the slight of what? Not the slate that you know, like that there were also women attending, but I mean, it's pretty much you know, like Force Friday is pretty much dude fest. Um, you know, Crystal went with me, you know, and she was like, Scott, what? That's 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 so shocking to hear. I know it's shocking that you know, yeah, that a bunch of guys are running after action figures, you know. I mean. Yeah, not like it was Beanie Babies or you know Cabbage Patch Kids or, although you know that was everybody too. So, but yeah, it's just funny. It was just funny because it was like this is a dude fest. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, so it was fun. It was fun, but yeah, it was. It was I don't know. Can't wait for next time. You know, do it again. Well, you know, it's it it yeah. It sounds like fun. You know, it's it's it sounds so much more civilized than your typical like a black like the horror stories you hear about you know Black Friday and and yep. and, and I think there's there's so much potential for for these things to go horribly wrong because you know I mean you and I know from firsthand you know experience that the sometimes the the fandoms get pretty crazy yeah and and you know star wars fans are i mean it's and and i'm sure i mean you've witnessed this firsthand for years going to celebration it's for some people it's practically a religion it it really is but it's almost like about the altar of lucas yeah oh yeah for sure um i i'm always like 
I always think uh, like I'm I'm too much. You know, sometimes I think I'm too much of a fan, and then I meet other people that I'm like, wow, I haven't even scratched the surface. You know, mm-hmm. like at times. Um. So yeah, sometimes that puts me in. You know, like a little, like okay. I knew, I realize I'm crazier than the average person, but I'm not as crazy as that guy, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah, you know, as, you know, as, <laughs> as 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 nerdy as I feel like I am, and as much pop culture as I absorb, and and also you know spew out. Yeah, exactly. You'll meet that one person, and you walk away from them. And you're like, I'm pretty normal compared yeah. to that to that person. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, but just you know, it, it kind of it helps you put things in perspective. Yeah, or like, the, or like when there's somebody that's like, "Why didn't you buy two of everything?" You know, yeah. and I'm just like, "What?" <laughs> you know, like, "Why two? <laughs> and I'm like, "To sell or trade?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and then you know, like. like it, it's not the first thought in my head, you know. I'm like, I just wanted to get one because that's all, you know. There's one of me. <laughs> Cut to Scott sneaking into his uh, secret storage unit that his wife doesn't know about. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> it's like it's like ego, yeah, yeah. That's right. But um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's fun. That's cool. Um, yeah. So to. I feel like it's gonna be like kind of a star. Let's be a Star Wars heavy uh, show tonight. Um, yeah, because we're basically transitioning into another Star Wars topic. Um, so after 37 issues, uh, Jason Aaron is ending his run on the main Star Wars series. How dare he? <laughs> well, I mean, I you know, dare dare we say that you know. It, this has been a pretty epic run. I I, I don't think I expected yeah. to go. You know, well, first of all, I, you know, when when Star Wars premiere, uh, when the first issue came out three years ago, I didn't. Um, the three years? Yeah, I guess thirty-seven, yeah. three years, right? Roughly, yeah. give or take. Um, I don't think I expected it to to go that long to begin with, um, and if it. And or I didn't expect Jason Aaron to still be on. You know, after a while, most creators will <clears throat> move on to other projects. But I guess um, no. I mean, he's he's been killing it for for three years. I mean, and um, and now he's he's passing the uh, passing the torch, passing the lightsaber, as it were. <laughs> to, um, I, I feel like he's an equally strong writer, uh, Karen Gillan. Oh, yeah. Who, who Karen Gillan wrote, I believe he wrote the entire Darth Vader series. He did. Right, which which that was 25 issues. So he, he wrote that for two years. Um, and I, I'm sure that they've each written some, some you know, kind of ancillary titles or some other... You know, because there there was that I don't know who who wrote did one of them write Vader down or did they collect because that was a that um, was a cross- one of the two yeah one of the two wrote that one but I can't remember um it, it could have been Jason Aaron or it could have been yeah I don't know I'd have to check but uh I didn't read it I, no both I, of them 
They they, they both. Yeah, it was a collaboration. Yeah, collaboration. So cool. So um, um, it you know it's it's bittersweet. I think. I mean, I, I think Jason Aaron has really taken this this book to to places that I never expected, and he's really done some amazing things with the characters. Oh, for sure. And now it makes more sense because I really didn't put that into perspective that he was leaving. That that you know we talked about it last week, but he had, you know, that he's been doing character features um, for the last six issues or so. Um, you know, so it's almost like he's sort of, you know, putting his putting his pen on, you know, or his, you know, whatever. His fingers mm-hmm. on those characters one more time, you know, with his words, and uh, you know, just running through it. But uh, I don't know. Um, I still say, um, I, uh, yeah, Jason Aaron's been great, like for for all these issues. Um, the character, like introducing the characters and introducing, finding ways um, to make the stories work in. You know, in uh, agreement with everything else is like, it's a challenge. Um, probably one of my favorite things that ever happened in the comic, in this run of his, is when, you know, the original New Hope gang, they all had lightsabers for one battle. And, mm. um, you know, Han, Luke, Leia, everyone had a lightsaber, like I think even Chewie had one, and you know, they were in a position where um, the stormtroopers were upon them and they were trying to I think rescue Luke because he was trying to uncover secrets of the Jedi and he got mixed up with the hut which has turned out to be the hut we talked about last week Um, Oh, um, yeah, that yeah, that was the hut that collected Jedi artifacts, right? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. He was collecting artifacts, so he had collected all these lightsabers. Um, while Artus scooting around, scarfed all those lightsabers, <laughs> and then uh, I forget what happened in the book, but like basically, like an EMP went off, and all the stormtroopers' guns jammed, and then the and then R two just shot. You know, he's just like, I, you know, he basically showed all these lightsabers and everybody grabbed one and they went to town on the stormtroopers. Like, they were just, like, rocking and rolling through the, you know, <laughs> through this battle arena. <laughs> you know? I was like, what the, this is insane, you know. Um, the other uh, great moment was when Han hotwired uh, an Adat Walker. It was right off in the beginning of the books. You know, mm-hmm. he he hot he hotwired a, a walker and drove it, and it's like that's insane, you know. But that's totally perfect, you know. And I'm glad that you know it counts. You know, it counts as like canon, you know. Yeah. So. Well, I think what what's neat is that they're both he, both Jason Aaron and Kieran Gillen, are not only. Taking, you know, so showing such reverence and and taking such good care of the original characters, but they're creating new characters that are sticking that people love, like uh, Doctor Afra, uh, yeah, or 
her murder droids. Um, yeah, I think um, Kieran Gillen may have created those. I don't want to say, but yeah, I think Karen, yeah, Karen but no, I totally. Jason Aaron uh, came up with uh, what was her name? Both Anna. of them, or even Gracchus, You know, I mean, this hut, this hut has come back so many times in different books. Um, even Poe Dameron dealt with them, in you know, in a in an issue. So it's one of them things. It's like it's awesome. Yeah, how they they make it all work. So. But um, I'm yeah I'm kind of interested in um in seeing what Kieran Kieran Gillen's going to do because um I I I heard an interview with him on another podcast um, specifically about this topic about him taking over and mm. it sounds like um, what he's going to focus on is the events that uh, that lead up to. Um, Empire, uh, Empire Strikes Back, where you know the the rebels find themselves on Hoth, and you know he he posits that you know they're they're on this lifeless planet, this ice cube of a planet. Like the the Rebel Alliance is not in a good place at the beginning of Empire. So right, you know his his working theory or his what he's working with is, you know, that a lot of stuff went down, you know, or is going to go down. That's going to kind of put the rebels on their heels a little bit. And, and, you know, like the rebels are on the run from, you know, the empire has the advantage, like hence, like the empire strikes back. Like they are, you know, now they're, they're taking the fight to the rebels. Um, So it sounds like there's going to be some in the comics, some dark days ahead. Yeah, because it seems like they haven't, you know, and I'm trying to remember, I, I think they, they have already evacuated the Yavin base. Yeah, they have. Because, um, because uh, Afra has been back, actually came back to the Yavin base um, for arch- arch- artifacts. And, um, so yeah, they've moved on from there and they're basically hiding out in space. But I think that they're Yeah, I never thought about that too, but they're basically need to be like you know, they basically gotta get their, their butts whooped and they're like, We gotta get, you know, as far away from the Empire as possible. Yeah, it's like they're, you know, uh they they they've gotta catch their breath almost. It's like they're yeah, and what's funny is, as a, I've seen Empire, as I'm sure you know, as you have, like yeah. dozens of times, and I never once picked up on that. That there's a reason why they're in the middle of nowhere, basically. Like that they're yeah. on. It's not. It's not like a strategic advantage that they're on hot. They're right. they're high. They're running. They're you know they're they're trying to they're trying to stay one step ahead of the empire and that's, and so I'm interested to see how that happens now. Like something's going to go terribly wrong in the, you know, yeah. that's, that's going to, Oh, and, and um, also, you know, he, he, he said there, uh, and there's like, there's these throwaway lines of dialogue from the movie that, which I think it's great that the writers are taking these lines of dialogue and mm-hmm. stories out of them. So like, um, 
at the beginning of Empire when Hans, you know, he decides to leave the Alliance and Leia is kind of protesting and she says, you're, um, you're a natural leader or you're, you know, you're a great leader or you're, a, you know, you're born, whatever oh, yeah. she said. Yeah. Um, well, if you think about it, and he says this, we haven't seen that. Like, we don't know, like, why is he a great leader? Like, what? So Han, at some point, must really step up. That he's, yeah, that he's thrown and, into it where maybe he has to lead the rebels away, you know? Yeah, because, you Or in know, the battle. Yeah. Right. So something, again, there's, so it sounds like he's already, you know, Karen Gillan got some great stories lined up That's for us. Cool. I'm kind of excited to uh, see where this goes. Yeah, generally it's a, it's it's accepted that the the time between those two movies is the same, you know, it's three, like three years. So mm-hmm. um, that's usually the accepted amount of time. So, yeah, so it's kind of cool. I, I actually thought that they would have finished the series by now. Um, like when, you know, compared to when it first started, I mean, like I was thinking like, how far would this actually go? You know, maybe three years tops and then they'd be like, okay, we're done with this era. And then I figured they'd go into, you know, like after Jedi before Force Awakens, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, like they're still in, in the thick of it, you know, like I, I think what's great is they understand that people love those characters and they're like, we're going to keep making stuff about them. Um, and then they have, you know, the time between Empire and Jedi, you know, to do stuff. Um, that they, there's no canon for that right now, so, um, so that'd be cool, too, and then, uh, oh, I was going to say about the Empire, basically, um, what's, what's neat, too, is, like, reading, you know, the different books and stuff, and I've, I've been trying to finish, uh, the book called Lost Stars, which is probably one of the best novels out there for Star Wars history. Um, but it takes place over um, basically right at the end of uh, Episode 3, when the Empire is established. You fall, you start to follow these two kids who become part of the Empire. Um mm-hmm. You know, they believe the dream because now they're being, you know, the galaxy is now being fed the propaganda that this is the right decision. You know, this is how we got out of war, you know, like is to to join the Empire, you know, and your planet will profit, you know, that kind of thing. And everybody buys into it. Well, then, like, it follows them through as cadets and then they, but they're about 19 years old, you know, like Luke and Leia, and they are there witness to... Alderaan getting blown up and the one just is like like I can't believe we've done this you know this is horrible you know and the the other person was like I you know I it's terrible but we have our reasons you know for the sake of the the empire we have to do this you know for safety and they split, you know, like, they were just like, oh, my God. So then, like, but what's cool about it is then, like, at that point, um, because then the Death Star's gone, and then, you know, the one character's like, the one that's like, hey, the Empire was just doing its job, and now these people have killed all my friends, you know, these terrorists. And, you know, 
So then, like, what happens, though, with the Empire is they've never been challenged before. So now they're on their heels because they've just lost, like, a good chunk of their military in one explosion. Like, so now everybody's in rapid advancement. You know, like, you you know, everybody's getting promoted because they're just like, (laughs) you know, like, holy crap, we have a, a, a literal vacuum, you know, but we need to fill, you know, and put people into, you know, power. And at the same time, they're like, we need to take down this threat because now everybody thinks that we're weak. And now they're like, and I, and it's almost like that's going to play into what he wants to write with uh, with Kieran. What he wants to write with uh, this second half is maybe to show that the Empire is now afraid of looking weak. And they're like, we got to, you know, we got to crush the rebellion. And that's why they come back so heavy-handed. Right. Um, by Empire, that they're just like, yeah, we will, we will push you down into the farthest reaches of the galaxy. <laughs> so, you know, and it's really cool though when you put all the books together. It's like, oh man, this is such a good, you know, um, you know, world like or galaxy. You know, it's just everything. Uh, it's good, but uh, <laughs> you know, even like um, even in. Um, Rogue One, how they had always said Saw, Saw Guerrero was basically uh, like a terrorist, and they were like, he was the only threat the Empire really ever noticed. But he was nothing to them. Um, they're like, oh yeah, he just does, you know, he blows up something every once in a while. Right. And they didn't they didn't care about him, you know, and it wasn't until everybody got organized that then they were like, holy crap, like they just hurt us. And, um, you know, then, you know, all these it's cool, you know, like, uh, good stuff. I don't know. But, yeah, now it's like, now it kind of gets me excited to see what uh, Kieran Gillen's going to do with that uh, latter half there, so. So he, um, so what, um, so he's ending his run on issue 37. What are they on now? 36. Oh, okay, so it's right around the corner. Yeah, um, the next, the issue thirty six just came out this week, and um, it features R two D two on a rescue mission for C three PO. The Empire had captured C three PO, so and well, nobody, no. basically nobody in the in the rebellion really feels that they lost anything, you know. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, poor, poor protocol droid. <laughs> And but R2's like that's my friend, and I'm going after him. And he basically hijacks, I think, an X-wing fighter and flies. And that that's where they leave it. Like this is now in this issue, we finally find out what R2's uh, plan is to free him. So, but yeah, I mean that's going to be a great issue right there. <laughs> that's that Jason Aaron. Good. That sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's the that's the kind of fun he has. He has Jason Aaron has had on the book. I mean, it's just been a romp, you know. Like, <laughs> so. yeah, he's had, I mean, yeah. and he's had. I mean, a pretty good stable of artists on there too. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I mean, top notch talent. Yeah, you know what's cool is it's it, you know right out of the gates, uh, Marvel. You know, I mean, with the merger with Disney or, you know, the purchasing, whatever it was, of uh, Marvel, um, 
they, I think Disney's like, we want the best on this. You know, like, we want top writers, top artists, and, and that has never slacked. Like, you would think that, you know, like, they're going to start out strong and then slack off, but it's never slacked off. Like, they've always had top talent. And I I really, I appreciate that, you know. Yeah. Because I, I buy every book, so... And I think you bought one actually that's not a Marvel book. Uh, so, yeah. Or you read it at least. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, so yeah. So transitioning over to uh, more Star Wars talk, but it's yeah. uh, it's like um, I read the first issue of Star Wars Adventures, and this is from IDW Publishing. This is not a Marvel book, but this is what? a license. This is a licensed Star Wars book, but it's licensed through. Uh, IDW is doing it. So I'm not really sure why or how this happened, but... I I can only guess that it's to reach out to uh, younger readers or something. I haven't read it yet, and obviously there's... I'm not going to be... You know, if you spoil stuff, go for it. I mean, I'll read it eventually. Yeah, I mean, there's not too much to spoil. I mean, so it's... Yeah. uh, there's, There's two... Two stories. Um, one is the, the the first one is a uh, is a Ray story, and then the second one is it's a um, well. First of all, this is this is a, a hefty forty six pages, which is it's it's, it's oh, no wow. yes, it's 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 no you know it's not a slouch as far as books go, um, but it's a the second story is a is like a young well let's see it's it's an obi-wan story but it's an obi-wan let's see what era this would be he's young but he's got a full beard so i guess this would be sometime between maybe episode 2 and 3 cuz he oh okay it's definitely not it's definitely not after 3 because you know because none of that None of that stuff has gone down between him and Anakin. Um, he's on what's uh, Coruscant? Yeah. So he's he's on Coruscant. He's in the that diner that I think was in Episode Two. Oh yeah, with uh, Jack. Uh, what's his name? Jax or Jack? Dex. 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 That's it. Yeah. And yeah, Dex. It's just hey, a. It's hey, a any. <laughs> <laughs> Obi Wan, that's what it was. Hey, Obi Wan, yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's a it's it's a fluff story. It's really, um, I mean, what and 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 the first story is is interesting. It's not. Again, these are all well. I mean, I just assume these are going to be lighter, just fun stories because it's definitely this it, has got to be aimed at you know a a younger audience. It, I mean, it's all ages, but it's um. You know, it's 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 definitely what I would classify as like a kid's book. Um, okay. The first yeah. three is is Ray, who's and then this is she's on Jakku, so this is like pre episode seven, um, where um, she's actually on a rescue mission to rescue um, what's that guy's name? Uh, Uncat, Uncar, Uncar Plut. Ankar Plutt, who was the uh, like the trader uh, who wanted to buy BB-8 from Ray in the movie, 
It was actually yeah, played yeah. By, like Simon Pegg. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so it's a story about uh. her going on a rescue mission for him. He was actually taken by some unsavory types, which if if they're more unsavory than on car plot, then they've got to be bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> like really bad guys. Um, but it's a to be continued, so we don't see what happens. Um, but the uh, and uh, and like I said, the so okay, so and maybe you can tell me. Um, I don't know if this is a new character or a new setting, but um, mm-hmm. there's a uh, this young. So in the second story, that the kid who's telling the Obi Wan story, his name is um, e- um, Email. Um, okay. Or, and he's on a ship called the Star Herald. Does that sound oh. familiar at all? Um, let's see. New character. No, it's, yeah, I don't know him. It's him. And yeah, like, I think he's a new character, yeah. It's him and two droids and that little, uh, uh I don't, see, I, I, I don't know all the, all the creatures' names, but remember the, the uh, creature in Return of the Jedi that was in Jabba's palace that oh salacious crumb that laughed like like yeah like Ina there's Sal- one of those. Sal- give you a fun what? fact his okay. name is his proper name is salacious B crumb and the B stands for bread um, for- he was named he's salacious breadcrumb oh bread. <laughs> that is awful. Yeah, it's an uh, awful name, and that's but like when they just call him Salacious Crumb, it sounds sounds like Star Wars. When you yeah. when you actually hear it, it's like it sounds like somebody had a dinner roll. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've, got, you've got some Salacious Crumbs on your shirt. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, but there's one of those creatures. So it's like this this guy who's flying around the ship with these two droids and one of those creatures. And he's telling this story about uh, Obi Wan, uh, you know, kind of t- um, teaching uh, teaching someone a le- like a, a pickpocket or a, a thief who steals something from the diner, and he, you know, whatever. It was, you know, it, that that ended. You know, that was just a one and done story. Um, but uh, yeah, this is. I mean, it's. It's one of those books that I think probably, um, you know, it might be it might feel a little more elementary to, you know, like a hardcore Star Wars fan, but it's probably perfect for a younger reader, uh, especially with like a Ray story because Ray is such a popular um, character with like younger female fans, and you know, I mean, all the like little girls that cosplay her and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. So this would be good, like if you know, if you have a kid. Or know a little girl or something that would, you know, enjoy this. Um, yeah. And but, true to form for IDW, there's a uh, 15 different covers for this book. Oh, yeah. There's like, I guess there's five, like quote unquote regular covers. There's like a couple of, you know, there's two like shelf covers and then there's three like retailer incentive covers and then the next 10 are all uh, variant covers. 
Um, but I, I will tell you that there's see, uh, one, two, three, four, four of them were done by Chris Omni. Oh, wow. That's cool. They're really nice. I mean, all the covers are actually really nice. They're, they're, some of them, like most of them are, it's, it's probably like split down the middle. Half of them are, uh, Ray images and half of them are like big, like cast images, you know, or like characters from all the different movies. Oh uh, yeah, you know, in one. So like, for example, the, like the one I'm looking at, it's got, you know, Ray, BB-8, but then there's like Han Solo and Chewie and Boba Fett, and then there's like Obi Wan, but it's young Obi Wan, and then there's like young Anakin, like little boy Anakin, like wizard Anakin, <laughs> and Yoda and so they kind of, you know, run the gamut. You know, they, they, they cast a wide net across all the movies. So I, I think this is going to be one of those books that it's just going to be, they're just going to pick characters out of, you know, all the different, you know, uh, canon and just tell stories. Yeah, it's like a, it's a, variety, like a nice variety book. Yeah. Um, I think what's cool, too, is, even though, even though you know, like it's aimed at, it's definitely aimed at younger readers. Um, at the same time, it's still considered canon, so therefore, you know, the stories matter and have a place in the in the, the overall narrative, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool too. Um, the 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 idea that uh, you know a lot of complaints for Ray's character in the movie is that she's pretty much able to do everything like throughout the movie she's a natural you know pilot natural force user you know natural everything you know kind of a lunking you know kind of a product yeah and so like having backstories where she actually um you know learns things is is a good idea you know to have these back these adventures where she actually had things happen that she needed, you know, that she uh, would have gained experience. Um, you know, whereas Luke, you know, it seems like Luke was pretty much sheltered, you know, for his first 19 years. He didn't have that many adventures. So, um, you know, so yeah, he comes into it more green, you know, where Ray is probably, you know, already um, has a, an, an idea of how things work. You know, like, I, you know, we would say how the world works. <laughs> she has an idea how the galaxy works. <laughs> so, or at least how business works with Unker Plutt. So, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with a crazy question. It has absolutely no bearing on anything. There's no, there's no right answer to this because I don't think anyone <laughs> will ever answer this. But you, since you, since you brought it up with, with the uh, statement that, you know, Luke was, you know, for this first 18, 19 years, he's, you know, he's kind of like lived the life of, life of a simple farm boy. Yeah. Do you think Luke Skywalker was a virgin in episode four? Wow. Or did he, did he sow his wild oats um, in Moss Eisley? Um. Or, or did he, or after 
you think after he became like the hero of the rebellion, did he find like some like rebel groupies? And then wouldn't wouldn't that be something? <laughs> um, wouldn't that yeah. be something? I mean, if Kieran Gillen actually was like, "Hey, I, that's that's a question that needs answered." <laughs> I think, so. and I guess, and same with Ray. Like Ray is probably about the same age that Luke was when he went on, you know, when they went on their respective adventures. Are you know, is Ray a virgin? Yeah. See, that's yeah. That's, is Luke a virgin? That's one thing you know. I think because it's. Star Wars movies and, you know, geared towards, um, you know, a broad audience. I think that, I think it's always been a smart move for Star Wars to just steer clear of, you know, sexuality stuff in general. Um, You know, and they just deal with romance, you know, which, you know, obviously you got, you know, you know, Han and Leia romance. But, like, I think that it probably would not seem right, you know, like if the movie had, like, an explicit sex scene kind of thing. You know, one of the characters getting down, you know. That would be Um, a whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, that said, you know, Luke, you know, if you watch the deleted scenes from Tatooine, you know, Luke, Luke and Biggs and, you know, their friends were all out at the bar drinking a lot. You know, like they'd get out and have a few, and you know, I mean, maybe Luke, you know, got a little action, you know, from the the local bar. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if Luke just like went and got you know, got his lightsaber wet with one of the local, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that Biggs, you know, Biggs Darklighter, you know, he's probably like. He's like, Luke, you know, like calling him up at three in the morning. Luke, leave the farm. I just met these two, these two hotties, you know. And Luke's like, oh, man, I got to get up at like 5 a.m. He's like, Luke, don't let me down. You know, and it's almost like uh, like swingers, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's beautiful babies at the, you know, at Moss Isley, you know. And <laughs> and he's like, man, it's dead anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and they just. It's literally like, you know, <laughs> like seeing Vegas off in the desert, you know, you're seeing the lights, you know, and they're just like, Isley, baby. Isley, Isley yeah. baby. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm sure Biggs was probably, I'm sure he didn't just talk about, hey, you know, let's go, you know, let's go join the rebellion. I'm sure that wasn't the only conversation he ever had with them. He's probably like, you know. <laughs> yeah, they were buddies. I mean, buddies talked about, like, buddy stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, getting it on and... Now I can't stop thinking about a uh, Star Wars Swingers matchup. Um, oh my god, that would be so great. Um, can we get the guys from... Uh, can we get McSauce to maybe... You know, do a comic like <laughs> that would be good. Or maybe, or maybe we need to. <laughs> but well, but, but uh, yeah, someone's got to get on this. <laughs> someone's got to do this. Um. 
I, and I will say this, you know, not like, to talk, you know, too, too so much wizard, about the. You don't even know it. Yeah, you're so wizard. You're so wizard, and you don't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I, I will say this: this is a line right out, right out of New Hope. Um, you know, when Biggs basically said that, you know, I mean, I don't know if he's in reference to piloting or not, but he said Luke was the best Bush pilot he's ever seen. So. I mean, maybe he did get some action, you know. Oh. <laughs> a little double. Or I could be completely wrong about that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Yeah, he's a rookie pilot and the best push, best bush pilot in the, in the, uh, I forget what he calls it. Oh, like in the, anyway. yeah, I forget what he said. In the outer. In the Outer Rim Territories. Well, there you go. I mean, he obviously, uh, you know, liked to play the field. So, Luke, Luke, you know, it's like they they took the term wingman very, very, you know. (laughs) Luke is an awesome pilot and an awesome wingman. I've gotten... I've gotten laid so many times, <laughs> thanks to Luke Skywalker. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, or, or like if it's like Three's Company, you know, like basically Biggs is sort of like Larry. <laughs> uh, you know, he's like, come on, we're going down to the Regal Beagle, you know. Um, you know, and Luke's like, are you sure? You know. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, Uncle Owen's played by Don Knotts or, uh, you know. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, or know. no, it was it was Mr. Roper. The other guy, the Roper, yeah. Oh, what was his name, Mr. Roper? See, now we're probably, you know, anyone. Norman probably, Fell. Yeah. Anyone probably younger than uh, 40 is probably has no yeah. idea what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Called Three's Company, kids. Look it up. <laughs> Three's Company, one of the one of the best sitcoms of the seventies. What a great, you know, like, but what a great thing to mash up with Star Wars. You know, take two things that were from the same era, and you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, make it work. Oh, we've had a lot of work to do, Scott. I think so. I think we just, yeah, um, stumbled upon some. Great ideas. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> well, in the meantime, so I I know I'm not the only one that had a Star Wars comic to talk about. Oh yeah. Um, I had another. Yeah, I had another one that I had just read. Um, called it's the Mace Windu. Um, miniseries issue one. Um, Star Wars Jedi of the Republic, Mace Windu. Um. They always have the longest title possible. Yeah, you know, there, there's I, 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 my first impression that like I read this pretty quickly, you know, to be ready for the show. But my first impression of this is that I didn't really, I didn't really care for it um, for Mace Windu's comic book. Although I love the cover that I got, I got one of the variant covers where. Mm-hmm. Um, it's drawn in like, uh, 
almost like an old G.I. Joe comic or something where there's like a, um, you know, they're all, in fact, it could be a a spoof of, a, or, you know, a homage to a, a G.I. Joe cover. But basically all the characters are running towards the reader, you know, towards the viewer. And, you know, Mace has his lightsaber up and they're all kind of in a, you know, flat tones, you know, like a, it's it's designed like a um, 80s comic book. Um. And then it has like a like a republic flag waving in the background. So yeah, I could. They could have gone for pretty much a maybe it's a GI Joe homage cover, which I love. I love this cover. Um, oh, I'm looking at it. You know, that's actually a. Uh, uh, I think that's the that's an um, that's an homage to. I'm gonna say Captain America number one hundred. Oh yeah. Okay, I could see that. Okay. That's what it is, Captain America. And that's that that is pretty cool though. I like it. Um Yeah, yeah, like just him kinda running yeah, with his with his group behind him. Mm-hmm. And um and this cover's good too because um it kinda gives you um you know, a hint as to the story and basically um um the events take place after episode two after the Battle of Genosis, and they had lost numerous Jedi's in the uh, the droid battle, and so they're so Mace Windu is dispatched to um, investigate what the uh, droid army is up to on uh, an outer rim uh, planet, because what they've realized is that the um, the droid army is trying to take the Outer Rim territories so that they'll have more strength going in, you know, when they finally take on the uh, the Republic head-on. Um, so they dispatch Mace Windu, and he gets to select three Jedis to go with him, and it's basically like his... Um, now I can't think of their names, but um, basically like Cap going in, you know, and, you know, recon reconning enemy lines in Germany. Okay. Um, but it's same, kind of the same concept, like Mace Windu's going, you know, um, behind line, enemy lines to find out what they're up to. And um, this issue, though, is very wordy. Um, I, I wish that there was less less of that, because my problem with uh, Mace Windu is that he's very um, stoic, maybe character but he's very um he's very rigid and um you know and a lot of it is just him you know like i will just continue to talk about this problem you know instead of you know like instead of more of an action guy you know um so there's a lot of conversation at the beginning of the book about what they're what they're going to do and then they get you know, planet side, and they, all they really encounter is, you know, a little group of droids, which any one Jedi could have taken out the the number shown. Um, You know, so they have four Jedis, and it's like, you know, they mop it up. It's like no problem. And then um, in the final issue, or the final page, um, they introduce uh, this super droid that basically looks like Ultron, who's 
you know, going to be the, you know, guy that goes after Mace and his crew. <laughs> it's like, eh. You know, but I mean, it really does. It looks like Ultron. And, hmm. um, and I'm just kind of like, meh, you know, like, this, it didn't seem mm-hmm. like anything really, really, um, critical happened in this. Um, there's a weird, there's actually a weird scene in this, too, where, um, after Mace and his, and his Scooby gang, um, dispatch, the droids they're surrounded by something but then the camera pulls away so quick we never see what it is so there's obviously the native um, aliens on that planet are approaching them but you don't get that in the first issue so it's kind of a bummer it's kind of like oh you know you, you spent too much time you know with too much like we used to say you know um too much talk and not enough action, you know. A little, right. little less conversation, a little more action. A little more action, please. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, like, the first issue was kind of a dud to me. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm fully invested in Star Wars uh, comics, so I will give it a chance, see it, you know, see how it turns out. Um, okay. So we'll see what happens. Well, it, it's funny that... Um that you know your your uh, problem with the Mace Windu comic was all the the talk and exposition. Um, I had a similar problem with. Uh, <laughs> in fact, it was <laughs> I had a problem with it so much I couldn't even. <clears throat> I don't even think I finished reading the first issue of this collection. And this is the uh, and this isn't this is an old property or an old book, uh, but this is a new printing or a new uh, collection that Boom Studios put out for um, this book called Hero Squared. And it's oh, um, okay. it was created and written by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis. Now, if, if anyone out there is listening and recognizes those names, it's because those were the guys behind the, um, the 80s, mid-80s Justice League, the Justice League International, which was like basically the the superhero sitcom, yeah, uh, which is one of my all-time favorite story or uh, comics, and um, one of my all-time favorite artists got his launch on that, which was Kevin McGuire. And the, I mean, the, the those three guys together. I mean, they for about yeah. Uh, I think Kevin McGuire was on it. Maybe he was maybe only on it for like the first twenty-four, twenty-five issues, and came back sporadically or did covers, but man, those first, those first issues or this, like the first couple of years of that book was, I mean, that was just like magic, right? Oh yeah. That was gold. Like it was really, it was comedy gold. It was. And, and it yeah. was like, and, and people have tried to replicate that formula to varying degrees, but no one has ever captured that ever again. That was, I mean, yeah. that was truly lightning in a bottle. Yeah. So, so I've, I've, I've seen this book, um, you know, here and there, and um, there's, an, there's an artist that was very reminiscent of Kevin McGuire's name, Joe Abraham, that was, you know, on the book. 
And I was, it's one of those things I always like to check out because of the talent involved, you know, and thinking, oh, geez, giving him De Mateus. And clearly, yeah. you know, this looks like it was going to be geared for comedy, which it is. Um, so when we got the um, the review copy from Boom Studios, I was really excited. And then yeah. I, so I start reading it, and, you know, it's, it's going okay, it's going okay. Um, I was a little turned off, actually, right from the beginning, um, after, like, the, after the first page, from the, the art looked, um, I like the art, but it, at the same time, a lot of it looks very unfinished, like, you can still see pencil lines, and it just looks a little too, like, they relied on the coloring to do the finishing, you know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. um, it's just the, the the lines don't like aren't strong, and um, but it, but at the same time, it's a very it's a very detailed uh, book. It still looks good, but there's just something about the art that just doesn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, um, there's way too much conversation. I mean, I, I, I get it; they're going for that sitcom um, feel again. Um, but it's it's too much. They're they're trying way too hard with this book, and it's just way 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 too much talking, too much too much witty dialogue, too much snarky dialogue. Everyone's a comedian, you know what I mean. Um, and so it's uh, yeah, I got maybe well I. I I think I got about halfway through the first issue, then I just started skimming because oh, the, okay. because the um, the the hero or like the the superhero Captain Valor, um, he's on the first page, and then he doesn't show up again until page like almost the end of the first issue, page eighteen. Now, you know, it's like that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, you're you're waiting for stuff to happen in the story, and you like basically from page two to page seventeen, it's just all conversation. Uh, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the same. That's <laughs> the same. Thing, that's the same noise I made. I was like, ugh. <laughs> uh, and then after that, it's still a lot of conversation. Um, it's. It's just way too much conversation. I mean, it's just I can't I can't say it enough. There's way too much conversation. <laughs> and again, it's like a little less conversation, a little more action, please. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that harkens back to our first uh, first year podcasting. I think we may have actually put that on one of the shows. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. We're um, referencing ourselves from yeah, that's right. From year it's one, getting very meta. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I just kind of, I think I read the first issue and then I just uh, skimmed like the next few pages and I just it was just a lot like just more of the same. So I now now to be fair, there's no way I was going to get this finished anyways because this omnibus is 465 pages. Oh jeez! Yeah. But I, 
you know, I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll read enough of it to really get a good feeling for it. Right. And, and actually, that kind of happened. I read as much as I needed to yeah. <laughs> to know that these guys were, were, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, the old saying, like, you can't go home again. Yeah. And that's definitely happening in this book. Like, you just can't, you, you know, the, they're, they're trying to recapture that magic, that humor um, from the Justice League from the 80s, and, yeah, it's just not working. So I might I might try and like push through to see if it um, if it changes, see if it if it you know if they if anything changes. Um, but it's going to be tough. Like I said, it, it was really just a slog to get through the first issue. Right. So, yeah. Um. Mm. Mm, that's that's about well, the size of it. Mm. Well. So. Um, so anyway, um, I read Venom first, and, um, it was more of a curiosity thing. I was like, why does this all sound familiar to me? Like, why, you know, like, why am I even interested in, you know, a a Venom crossover? Like, what's going on with this? But, you know, I, they kind of, they kind of lured me in because they did this book called Edge of Venomverse. And every issue, they introduced a new Marvel character um, who had acquired the Venom suit, the symbiote. And um, <clears throat> and and almost with every issue, um, the character would disappear or, you know, something would happen that was kind of a strange, abrupt ending. Um, you know, like, you're needed, you know, that kind of thing, and they would be gone. And... Um, so what I think they're trying to do is uh, recapture the magic of Spider-Verse that uh, came out a couple years ago um, yeah. where they did crossover uh, with every known Spider-Man. <laughs> In this book, um, the Venoms, the symbiotes are actually being hunted by this alien race. Um, they're like a uh, like an even greater parasite, basically. Um, where, well, like, where the symbiote's a symbiote, you know, works with the host, this parasite um, kills whoever is wearing the symbiote. It kills them, kind of takes over their motor functions, and then uh, subdues the symbiote hmm. uh, to power itself. And then, so basically, they're these little white aliens that have, you know, like claw faces, you know, and if the symbiote comes in contact, they basically lose. So they can't, they really can't even fight these things head on. Um, these things sniff them out, hunt them down, and they try to, you know, take their body, you know. Um, so that's what the idea is. And so one of the multiverse venoms is, I believe, was Doctor Strange, and he summoned the Venoms from across the multiverse to aid in their fight. Basically, they're losing their world to these things. Um, the streets are bare, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, but basically everyone, everyone's a Venom. Uh, Captain America's a Venom. Um, you know, and Eddie, Eddie Brock is, I believe, from the, the Marvel 616. Um, 
Eddie Brock and, you know, hit the, the actual venom that we know um, was pulled to this world. And what's kind of funny is, is um, that every, every other venom is a superhero with the, with the symbiote. So they're all known ones, you know, like Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, Rocket Raccoon, um, you know, just everyone pretty much under the sun uh, is a venom. Well, now you got Eddie Brock, who basically is just a human guy. And they don't like him because they're just like, well, the people that do know him know them know him as a bad guy. So they're like, we don't even want to work with this guy. Hmm. But, um, boy, what a reversal from the other books where, you know, it's like too many words versus action. This book is like full-blown action. Every page has something going on. Even if they're having a conversation, they're, you know, people are jumping, swinging, you know, web slinging, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, even with the, the, you know, the first issue end, it doesn't end well for, um, for the Spider-Man, you know, the, the, he, he basically is taken by one of these parasites and, um. You know, now now Eddie Brock is facing off against Spider-Man, who has now become this corrupted creature, and that's kind of how they leave it. And I'm like, you know what? This is actually pretty cool. Um, hmm. As far as uh, as far as uh, crazy crossover time jumping comics, you know, I think if you're yeah. a Rick and Morty Rick and Morty fan, you may actually like the Venomverse. So, um, but I like. Yeah, I just like the, um, you know, they're basically mashing characters. It's like taking what if and throwing it on its side, you know, kicking it. And, uh, you know, so uh, I'm in it. I'm in, you know, it's five issues. Um, I think it comes out weekly this month. So um, the first two issues are already out and, you know, it's five in a row. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be a fun ride. (laughs) So there you go. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about one last uh, one last book real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I, I feel like we're gonna I, I feel like we're ending strong with with like books that we really enjoyed. Um, yeah. So I I read the first volume of Stray, which is a book from Action Lab Comics. And oh yeah. Yeah, like I I keep wanting to get in like I, I keep wanting to find a book from Action Lab that I can really get like sink my teeth into. Um, so far, like nothing has really, you know, I've read books here and there, but nothing has really resonated with me. But, um, the writer, Vito uh, Del Sante, who's also kind of like, a, like he's kind of a local guy. Um, I don't exactly know where he lives, but I know he's like, he always does the, um, the three river comic con shows and oh yeah, uh, he's a great guy. And so he, I actually, um, he put it out there on, on social media, like, um, does anybody want to read, you know, my work, Stray, you know? So I said I yeah. would love to. I hadn't had a chance to read it. So he, you know, he forwarded me some review copies of um, the first volume, and then I guess now there's an ongoing series. I think Action Lab had an event called the Action Verse, which kind of, you know, it's like a typical oh, yeah. event. Like a, a big cosmic threat and all the heroes banded together and, so the ongoing series takes place after the Actonverse, but I just want to talk about the the, the first volume and um, just how 
you know, what sounds like similar to your, your Venomverse, um, this was a really good balance between story and action. Um, just, just a great, like, classic superhero story, but also kind of a deconstruction of the, um, the superhero and sidekick, like, their relationship. Um, and it's also, um, it goes further. It's like a, like, um, like taking, like the, uh, exploring the relationship between father and son. The, um, the, the character, um, who will eventually, who eventually takes the name Stray, um, his father was the, uh, vigilante known as the Doberman. Um, so everyone's oh, got like, yeah. They've got like a dog theme. So his okay. father was Doberman, and then he trained his son to be his sidekick, and his son's name was the Rottweiler. Oh. So it was the Doberman and the Rottweiler. And then um, they had a falling out. Um, the son went down some, you know, he took a darker path. He kind of like uh, went away from the whole superhero thing. Um, oh, but there's also, um, there's also kind of like a, Shout out to like um, like Teen Titans and the Justice League, and you know you can tell um, by reading this like that the the video has like uh, like a, a love of you know the superhero genre. You know that he's right. they they've got they, they've got their like their hooks into it. Like they're really pulling from a deep well of, uh, of like reference, like, you know, and, and they're, 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 it's like, you're, you're, you know, you take the books that you read as a kid and then you, you put a different spin on them and, you know, and, and that, that's kind of where Stray comes out. There's a really neat, um, it's a really neat story. And, um, and the art was great too. The art was, I gotta get this guy's this person's name. Um, Sean uh, Izaxi. It's a uh, I Z A A K S E. I'm not really. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing oh, that. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's but um, <laughs> I got to give him a lot of credit. I mean, not just for the art in, in general, but um, his his costume design is just terrific. And I I feel like I I don't. That's not something you say a lot anymore. Like. You, I feel like sometimes costume design is is like a lost art. Yeah, just, I agree with that. People just are, you know, some people just can't do it. But um, I love the design of his characters. I love the, the costume design. Um, just like all the other heroes that you see um, in this first volume and in the ongoing series, um, I'm just like, I'm I'm just in love with all their all their looks, you know. Everyone's yeah. got a great look, um, but it, and it's also like a very uh, they manage to do a classic, you know, like just some classic superhero stylings, but still manage to give it like a modern, you know. There's some modern twists here and there, but it's not like like the New Fifty Two where everyone had like a collar or everyone had like those, like the piping or the lines on their costume. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, but 
No, I would, um, you know, if, if if you're looking for just, uh, you know, like a, a, a good, solid, straightforward um, superhero tale that, you know, it, it touches on a lot of comic book tropes, but, you know, so th- there's there's a familiarity to it, but it doesn't feel um, like it's a retread. I would, you know, I, I think Stray is, is is a great is a great book. I mean, you give it to anyone who's got any, you know, either of um, any longtime fans or even someone that has like a passing familiarity with with comics. I think they would enjoy it. Oh, nice. Okay. I'll have to keep an eye out for it on the shelf. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so I think that's that's all for us for for comics, right? Yeah, that's all I got. Um, maybe have a bat Batman update next time. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah there's we'll, a lot there, so we'll show that for next time. I got it. That's one thing yeah. I got to catch up on is my my DC reading. I'm far behind on that. So oh, I gotta... there's so much going on. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. um, so I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with a little bit of housekeeping. Um, just want to let right. every everyone know that. So we're um. This actually been for a for a couple of months now, but I don't think we've mentioned it too much. But that's you know that's a error on error on our part. But we're part of the uh, Sorgatron Media Network now, and oh, yeah. Sorgatron Media. What's that? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, Sorgatron, yeah. So you know, Sorgatron Media. It's a you know um, it's a local um, local company. It's a it's. Like um, they it, it's a it, it's not only it, like what started out with podcasts and videos, but now they do, you know, all kinds of creative solutions uh, locally here in Pittsburgh. But it's really just more of a you know, from our point of view or from our perspective or for our purposes, we're part of this their podcast network, which is great. So they've got a lot of great shows. So you can check us out there along with their other shows. If you go to um, sorgatronmedia.com, and I'll put a link in the show notes for that. And we want to give, you know, we want to thank them for for bringing us into the into the fold and being super cool yeah. with us. Um, so um, if you want to contact us ever, you can email us. We have a at comicbookpit at gmail.com. Just remember, pit is with two T's. So comicbookpit at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. If uh, I've kind of forgot, we, we never oh, really, yeah. we never really publicize it anymore, but we still have a phone number, I believe. It's uh, 412-450-0002. Uh, so 412-450-0CBP. You can leave us a voicemail uh, if you have a comment or a question. Um, you know, we'll play it on the show, and we'll do our best to, to uh, you know, have some conversation about it. If you've got something interesting to say, um, obviously you can find us in all the, you know, the major social media outlets: uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us on there, um, and we're on iTunes. And you know, if um, if you listen to the show, and if you like it, if you don't like it, if you've got a you know, got an opinion, um, leave us an iTunes review. 
that would really, you know, not only helps us out as far as um, getting a little, you know, a little bit more recognition on iTunes, but, you know, it helps us become, you know, helps us be better podcasters. You know, we're not really in it for the recognition or the, you know, accolades. Like, we do this because we want to, you know, just talk comics and BS and have fun and, you know, and just hang out. But, you know, we also want to improve on what we're doing. So let us know how we're doing. Uh, like I said, you can either leave us an iTunes review, which would be awesome. You could um, send us an email, or you could leave us a voicemail. So that is it. That's my spiel. Nice. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I've been working on that all week. <laughs> if we can all change right. the lives of just one listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, um, any, um, anything you want to say before we sign off? Um, may the force be with us. <laughs> with all of us. May the force mm-hmm. be with us, everyone. See, yeah. now we have to do a... Everyone, yeah. Now we have to do a Star Wars um, oh, uh, Scrooge mashup. Oh, my God. What a great Christmas. idea. A Jedi girl. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, well, this has been episode 257 of the Comic Book Pit Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Scott. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>